0: But it's also important as an entrepreneur to understand that when you choose to play the game this way, most of the world is against it. Most of the world doesn't do business this way. Most of the world doesn't appreciate it. And so at times it can feel like a lonely path. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. On today's podcast, we went straight for the jugular. I'm trying something new. We took an incredible question about how to find your path maximize your potential, limit the hindrance of your potential, build a business that's aligned with your heart and soul, all in a Q&A format. This one was fun. I'm going to be really honest. I loved doing it. I felt like I was being my own psychologist because I used a lot of my stories, but this episode is loaded with nuggets and I can't wait to hear what you think. So without further ado, I'm going to stop bumping my gums and let's get into the podcast. Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. If you're watching this, I'm just playing around with my studio, but truth be told, um, I've been in bed, overcome with the plague for the last, I don't know, like six days with the family had this 10 day stomach flu over Christmas. And so I'm coming out now. So if you hear my voice crackle or anything like that, know that I'm coming out of the crud and I'm coming out of the sickness. But this entire month of January, I'm focusing heavily on, podcast and adding value specifically for you to kick your 2023 off with a bang. And this is one of those episodes. And so the entire first month of this year is going to be our content. And then we're going to bring back interviews in February through the rest of the year to get you guided right and in the right direction, and then start extracting value from those interviews again. And so this is kind of a special podcast. And so uh, today on the podcast, uh, we can call it coaching corner, we can call it the coaching confessional, but we've been scouring all of the interwebs, our email, our groups, and we've been getting people's questions and we're getting a lot of them and we're pulling all the relevant questions. And today I decided rather than having this person on, um, I have their question and the specific questions that they asked to follow up. And I'm gonna read you the question and I'm gonna give you the answer because it's all about finding clarity and finding your path. And I believe that this will be helpful for everybody, but I do need your help. And that's really, really simple. If you listen to the show, when you listen to the show, if you like this format, if you want us to include some questions like this in the future, shoot me a DM on Instagram and let me know because ultimately my job and my team's job with this podcast and our commitment to you is that we give you the absolute most amount of value that we can around mindset, customer journey, and relationships so that you can take these nuggets and implement them into your business and get results. And that's why we're here, that's why we serve you, but I need it to be done with you. And so I need you to let me know, yay or nay, you're crazy, I don't like it, I like more of it, and if you don't like it, I'm probably not gonna listen to you, but I love you from afar, because I like doing it, but I know it will add value, but I would love your feedback, and I'm I'm totally being facetious, but I would love your, your feedback and ways to make this better. And so on this episode for today, We're going to cover clarity. We're going to talk about the past. So let me read you the question, and I will have my phone in front of me because there ain't any way I'm remembering, memorizing, or even figuring out how to remember all of this. And so I'm going to read this question to you. So we got an email response to one of our questions that we asked all of you, and they said, my goal is to find clarity in what I do and fully embrace and accept it. I don't have wild aspirations to be a millionaire or anything. I just want to find peace in what I do for a living and feel fulfilled that I'm utilizing more of my potential. I am committed. My struggle is finding the right path. Well, numero uno, thank you, number one, for being authentic, transparent, and vulnerable and sharing that with me. Uh, Number two, thanks for being a fucking real one. Uh, This makes my heart flutter. This gives me butterflies knowing that you're, supporting yourself, that you want to do business in alignment, that you want it to be based on your values. And I love that. And I will support you in that all day. And so before I get into the five or six follow-on questions that came with that, I want to make a statement about this so that everybody understands. In the world of entrepreneurship, there's a good chance that if you're listening to this podcast, that you don't like sleazy strategies and tactics, that you don't believe that we should steal from people, that you think business can be something that's wholesome. And complete, like you can have people excited to pay you money. And I love that. And even in the root, if you don't hear that in the undertone of that question, it's like, I want to feel aligned. I want to feel fulfilled. I want to add value. I want to make an impact. I want to have all those things. And I love that. But it's also important as an entrepreneur to understand that when you choose to play the game this way, most of the world is against it. Most of the world doesn't do business this way. Most of the world doesn't appreciate it. And so at times it can feel like a lonely path. And the number one tip I have, the number one tip I have is to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the people, right? T. Harv talks about it, but the five or I forgot what book, but the five people that you surround yourself with are the ones that will truly dictate your success. And you need to be very, very conscious about the entrepreneurs that you talk to, the community that you're a part of, knowing that there's a good 99% Of the industry when it comes to business and when it comes to marketing that don't see it this way and it can feel like a lonely existence and that's part one so make sure that you have a community a support system whether it's my podcast our facebook group our events your own entrepreneur circle a meetup friends in your life someone in your inner circle or anybody that knows what you're doing and knows what you're up against so you have a team in your corner it's a very very important thing to understand because even today When I was on a call with my team, I ended up venting and crying for about 20 minutes because it can be hard. It can feel overwhelming. It can feel like I'm pushing a boulder uphill for squeezing out a small semblance of a change, but knowing that change starts to ripple. And there's plenty of days that I get to remind myself why I'm doing this and what I'm doing and what I'm standing for to remind myself that I shouldn't be measuring my impact in a day, in a week, in a month. I should be measuring my impact in decades because if I stay continued on this path like I am and add value and care about people and make them feel seen, heard, and respected, there's absolute zero way for me to lose the game. But if I have days of frustration or think I'm out of alignment or I'm not on the path and I'm listening to the world around me, I'm going to start questioning my actions. And when I start questioning my actions, I'm going to stagnate and I'm not going to be producing anything in the world, which is actually going to cause permanent damage based on a small window of time. And so it's massively important to understand who you're around, know that they support your vision and understand that you have people in your support system and in your corner so that you can stay true to your path and stay aligned because you're changing things. You're making things different and you're making the world and your business or vice versa a completely different place by coming from a place of wholesomeness, from alignment, from completion. And that requires a team of people around us to support us because we can't carry the weight. We can't do it all ourselves. I, I am nothing without my team. I am nothing without my family. I am nothing without my friends. I am nothing without all my business acquaintances. It's, it's their love. It's their support. It's knowing that they're there when I have those down days to remind me what I'm doing and remind me why I'm doing it that keeps me going. So I think that that as an undertone is like one of the most important things that you can do when you're an entrepreneur and you're working on building something that's never been built or bringing things into alignment so that you have a support system that sees where you want to go and sees the potential that you have so that they can help you navigate or see things differently on those hard days. And you know, for me, uh, Christmas Day, both my kids got sick. My wife got sick after recovering from surgery and then my birthday was two days later. And then I got sick while taking care of them, had some really bad business things happen at the same time and I was a wreck but I knew and I was like, don't believe anything. I'd call my team, I'd call my friends and they'd remind me that I was just in a temporary moment and this too shall pass. And so I think that that's the most important part. So now let's get into the follow-on question. So follow-on question number one to that is how do you find your right path? How do you find your right path? Now I can only answer this question from my own personal experience, right? And I have done a lot of different things. I'm I've got almost 1,000 skydives. i am a god like eight certifications in scuba diving. I was a scratch golfer. I snowboard. I mountain bike. Not to mention, I'm a New York Times bestselling cookbook author. I used to be an affiliate marketer. I was a copywriter. Now I'm a consultant. I have a podcast. I've done events. I've run masterminds. I have found and experienced all of those things. And here's the funny part. I still don't know my path. I'm not clear on what it's going to look like in five years or 10 years because I don't have a crystal ball. But what I do know is that one of the biggest mistakes that I made very early on in my entrepreneurial career, and it still comes up occasionally and it rears its ugly head, is that I always tried to plan perfection. I tried to plan for things that I've never experienced or never done thinking that I could somehow plan for those things. And what would happen is I would get stuck where I was, overanalyzing, overthinking, over over questioning, and never actually taking the action. And it was after losing a lot of money and a couple of businesses that I realized that clarity in finding my path could only come through action. And so I literally now have this belief that every single day, if I have an idea, if I have a, a thought, if I have a spark, that I have to give it due diligence and at least toe tap in the water so I know and I have an experience. And so one of the things that I like to do to help me quote unquote find my path is just choose a direction in which I wanna head. And I call them fuzzy goals, right? And and the the point of this is just to have a direction, right? And so I know I wanna run events. I know I wanna coach entrepreneurs. I know I wanna have a massive impact. How that's gonna be done I don't know yet because it's my vision and it's never been done yet. And until I start putting my toe in the water and getting my reps in the world and iterating through the world, I'm not going to get the information required to make an informed decision. And so there is no perfect plan. There is no perfect clarity. There is no perfect next step. There is just the next step. And so in a previous episode, a couple episodes ago, I talked about intention and clarity. And so in my opinion... If you have clarity somewhere in the future of something you want to be doing or something you want to be trying or or someone that you want to be, and then you're intentional about taking actions every single day to get to that place, then you're in the best place you can be because you're in the try it before you buy it stage. You might try a webinar. You might try a YouTube channel. You might try a podcast. You might try coaching. You might make content. You might write. But you actually have to try those things to know if they support you or don't support you. And then it's in that trying that we learn the most valuable lessons. We learn what works, we learn what doesn't work, we learn what feels good, what doesn't feel good, what we want more of, what we want less of, and we keep going. And one of the reasons that I speak with such confidence when I speak, when I answer questions, when I coach, when I consult, and I was talking to my wife about this, is because every single thing I've asked, I'm asked, I've tried, whether it's Facebook ads or affiliate marketing or building a website. And it's only through my willingness to continue to jump in and dive in and try to learn it and see if I like it, that I have the ability to have those experiences and have that confidence. And I'm not one of those people that builds big visions. I was talking to my team about this this morning. I don't have a vision board. I don't have a goal sheet. I don't. I'm a builder. I'm a doer. I like getting my hands dirty and I like building my vision one block at a time. I don't know what I want my castle to look like. I don't know what I want my house to look like. I don't know what I want it to look like. I have an idea of a general direction. And so I figure I might as well just build it. And if I get done building the building and I don't like it, I'll add a part to it. If I get done and I don't like that room, I'll change the room. But no matter what, I have a building almost done while everybody else is sitting out here hiring architectures left and right or thinking the internet's going to give them clarity on how to find their path. And so in my opinion, having childlike curiosity in all these experiences and all these new areas is the fastest way to find your path. Because the more things you try, the more things you test, the more things you do, the more experience you have to cultivate from to inform your decision, to help make the next one go closer to the direction you want or avoid a decision that's going to keep you further away from the vision that you want. Which brings me to question number two. How do you create a business that gives you peace, and fulfillment. How do you create a business that gives you peace and fulfillment? And what I wrote down to this one is that step number one is aligning it to your soul and your values. And when it comes down to building a business that's aligned to you that feels fulfilled, you have to know what you stand for, you have to know what you want, and then you have to have the discipline and the tenacity to defend that. That means that you have to hold that structure, you have to hold that container. You have to be willing to have those conversations. When people want to change the way things are done and it's sacrificing those values, you have to be the one that puts the rubber back on the road. No matter what people say, no matter what people do, no matter what happens in your business, employees come and go, people steal from you, you get in lawsuits, all of those moments are moments that happen in entrepreneurship to test our commitment to our vision and our alignment. And it's the ones that stay true and know it down to the core that protect it that get the results but no matter what if you want to build a business that's aligned that makes you feel good and gives you fulfillment you are the one that's responsible for that 100 percent, nobody else it's not your employees it's not your staff it's not your coach it's you it's your world it's your business just like with your life if you don't like things in your life there's only one person who can change it it's you If you don't like that you're not in shape, only you can go walk. If you don't like that you have a sugar addiction, only you can change it. If you think you drink too much, only you can reduce those drinks. And the same thing is true when it comes to your business. And so in another question coming up in a couple of minutes, I answer this, but I think the most important thing to do foundationally underneath all of this is you have to understand what actually gives you fulfillment. You have to understand what gives you peace. You have to be able to measure it, give it texture, have it be tangible. Is it, is it knowing that you improved on somebody's life every day? Is it making sure that every team call leaves them feeling better when you found it? Is it making sure that you have grace for people? Like You have to do the diligence to understand, to be able to measure what peace and fulfillment looks like. And then once you have that understanding, you have a container or a parameter or a paradigm, like a belief system that you can measure yourself against. And that's how you keep it in alignment. And then once you have that clarity, whether it's your mission and vision, it's your values, it's how you want to operate, then that's what you enroll your team members into and your community into. So you have this entire pod of people that are holding it accountable to that vision. And then when it gets off course, you course correct and you bring it back. So the next question is, what do you do if your current business or situation does not give you peace and fulfillment? And this one, this is a really, really good one. And I'm going to answer this one from experience. But what I wrote down for this one is really, really simple. And I'm just going to carry on the previous question to this one. So what do you do if your current business situation does not give you peace and fulfillment? So my first answer is change it because life is short and you're going to die. And I just turned 39 years old and I've lived many lifetimes. I've done combat deployments. I've almost lost my life multiple times. I've I've been through a lot of things and I feel like I'm at a very early stage of awareness, of understanding that my time is limited. And every single day, every single moment, every single minute, every single second is a choice for me to have an experience of one that I either love or one that I loathe. And truth be told is that in the life that I've lived, I will no longer choose loathing. I will only choose love. And it's a, it's a thing that I look myself, I measure myself against every day when I look in the mirror and I'm just so willing to protect that, those experiences and those moments with me and my family, my friends, and the things that matter to me over anything else. And so now through practice, I've been able to protect my world and stay in alignment, but here's exactly how I did it. Step number one, is you have to first understand what gives you peace and fulfillment, right? And so if it's peace and fulfillment, maybe it's safety, maybe it's um, confidence, maybe it's a certain thing, but whatever the thing is that you want in your business, you have to be able to measure that, right? And so for me, what does peace and fulfillment look like? Well, for me, it's schedule freedom, It's autonomy, it's my ability to work anywhere in the world, it's not being tied down to calls on my calendar every day and things like that, and that's when it comes to my time. But then, it's also knowing in my business that my team operates without me, that they can make decisions based on who they are as a human. And we, together, operate on principles in the business of what makes us happy. And those are basically laws that we have on how we want people to feel. We want people to feel valued, loved, heard, and respected. We want to make sure that we respond to everybody, that nobody ever feels guilty if they can't buy anything, that we're always supporting people and going that extra mile. And so me and my team are all aligned on what gives us peace and fulfillment in our business. And then we measure ourselves against those things. And so if your current business situation doesn't give you peace and fulfillment, the first thing that you have to do is you have to do an entire audit of your life, your life, your relationships, your business, your team. And you have to take a a purview or get an accurate view of the entire field. And what you have to recognize when you have that purview is what gives you that thing that you're looking for. What gives you safety? What gives you confidence? What gives you peace? What gives you fulfillment? What gives you whatever it is that you're looking for? And you have to be able to measure it. Because if not, then you're going to end up living in this world thinking that this thing is going to come, but it's never going to come because it wasn't described and textured to be actually achievable. And that's the first step. And so you have to know what those wickets or what those levers are that give you those feelings. Then what you also have to understand is that there's no certainty in any of it. Like if you tell me as an entrepreneur that you want certainty, you're not going to get it. We gave up certainty working for somebody else to build a vision that nobody else has built. The only certainty you have is that you get to work every day and the market and the business is most likely going to change, right? And so understanding that these are things that we want. These are things that we want to achieve. And I have all these feelings in my business. I love my team. I love my company. I love my customers. I love all of them. Does that mean that every day I feel peace? No. Does it mean every day I have fulfillment? No. It means that more often than not, I have those feelings. And then the rest are just parts of the game or plays in the game that I have to play, knowing that it will lead to more of that down the road. But in the current moment, It might require sacrifice. It might require me having a sprint of four weeks of calls on my calendar. It might require me not being able to travel and stay here. It might require me to take certain actions or choices, but when I know what gives me the thing that I'm looking for, I can measure those actions and choices against that and I can see the path on how that's going to help me achieve it or help move me further away from it. So first step is you have to know what does, what gives you peace and fulfillment. Once you know, then you have to audit your entire current situation, right? And so this question is, what do you do if your current business situation doesn't give you peace or fulfillment? So step number one is recognize, write down, and literally detail what it is that gives you those feelings. What would it look like? What would it be like? What would your days look like? Your meetings look like? Your calls look like? All of it. Once you know what it is that you need, then you do an audit of your entire business. And you start looking at the business. Look at your employees and ask yourself, do I feel this with them? Yes or no? Yes or no? Maybe give it a grade, green, yellow, red. Green means it's great, it's perfect. Yellow means it's close, but it could use some work, and red means it's not even close. And you do an entire audit of the business, measuring it against how you would experience or feel that thing that it is that you wanna feel. And then once you've recognized all the areas that need improvement, you prioritize them based on a waterfall, right? And so let's say there's seven areas in my business where I feel out of alignment or I feel unfulfilled. Before I ever recommended you burn the ship or close the business or change everything, that's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. There might only be three things in the business that feel out of alignment, but because those three things are so massive, they cloud everything and it feels like the whole business is broken. But it might just be you need more time or you need focus or you need an assistant. And so you have to be really, really cognizant of this. And so you list out all the areas that you feel need improvement, right? And you can do it in whatever order you want. You can put the yellow ones first and the red ones first. But when you look at it, once you look at that list of the areas that need improvement, what you want to look at is which ones have codependencies on the other ones, right? And so let's say there's certain things happening on on team levels Um, that are in the business, but your core team, like your direct reports, there's some things missing. And so before I would work on your direct reports and their employees, I would work on you with your direct reports because chances are when you bring that back into alignment and you bring that into integrity, it's going to waterfall down into that bucket and into that area. And so you list out all the areas that need improvement and then you make a plan and you pick them one at a time. This is a game of base hits and not home runs. And truth be told, when it comes to integrity, it's never really an integrity unless we're actively looking at it. And I learned this from a men's coach of mine, and it was a, a very, very powerful concept. And understanding that there is no set it and forget it, right? It's just like a garden. You have to tend to it. You have to water it. And this is no different and you're gonna make this list and you're gonna start bringing these things into alignment. And once you get them into alignment, they're not gonna stay there forever. They're gonna stay there temporarily. And then when you come back and nurture them and water them, you will hold them into that capacity. And so then once you do that and you start implementing these things into places, you start changing the behaviors, you start changing your habits and rituals to align with what you want instead of what you don't want, things will start to come into alignment. And I will say it is a very rare occurrence, maybe one out of a thousand, where I actually think, based on my experience, my results in doing all this, that it's ever worth starting over or starting fresh. What I have found is that if you're willing to sit with it, you're willing to explore it, you're willing to do the diligence and dive into all the uncomfortable parts and start fixing it, that a few of those small parts fixed or brought into alignment change your view of the entire business and it makes it easy and exciting to run again. And so I think that that's the best way that I would tackle this. But no matter which way you slice it, it's going to have to come from an awareness of what you want and a way to tangibly and measurably achieve what it is that you want. And then looking at your life, looking at your business, looking at your relationships in that lens and asking, okay, which ones are in integrity that I want to keep going? And which ones are out of integrity that I don't like? And then it gives you a step-by-step playbook or roadmap for which actions to take, which things to bring back into integrity, which will get you to the goal that you want to get to. So that is how I went about bringing my life back into integrity. And Civilized Caveman was a perfect example. I was one of the top food bloggers, New York Times bestseller, number one app, about a million followers. But over time, I slowly felt out of alignment. I didn't like it, I didn't there. And everyone's like, oh, well, you gave it away. I'm like, it took me two years of doing what I just described to you before I realized and recognized that I truly was fully out of alignment at the soul level with that business in general. I didn't want to be a food blogger. I didn't want to run a food blog. I didn't want to live that life. But before I ever made the decision to close the door, I spent two years doing due diligence and trying so that when I did finally decide, it was one of the easiest, most profound decisions of my life. And three weeks after that decision, my entire life changed forever and it's forever changed because of the opportunities that arose. But if I didn't do that due diligence or I just deleted that company two years prior, I would have been just as lost as I was when I had it, except I would have had a lot less clarity and a lot less things to measure myself against because I wasn't willing to do the work. And I was blessed to have some incredible coaching from incredible people that said, getting rid of it isn't the best option. You understanding it at a visceral level, every ounce of it, what you like, what you don't like, and then, once you've made sure that you've done your part and you've done everything, and then you still don't like it, you can go to sleep at night with confidence, knowing that that was the right decision. Instead of wondering forever, did I make the right decision? And so that was a big, big, big part for me. And, and what happened with civilized cavemen? So, hold on. That brings us to the next question. And there's only just for the record, two more. So we're going to wrap this one up in a second. So. That carries on into the next question, which is how do you utilize more of your potential? And this is a really, really, really good question. A really, really good question. And so first, before I even read my notes, I think the most important thing that I've recognized as a human being is that more often than not, I'd say about 70% of the time, based on my life and based on my story, if I just rely on my brain and the thinking in that moment, Only about 30% of the time am I going to be making choices from my potential, and the other 70% is going to be some reaction to some previous moment, previous trauma, previous experience that's not really tapping into my potential because my potential is something I haven't achieved yet. So my brain is not tuned into that frequency. Now, occasionally I get these hits of inspiration or intuition, and I feel so powered, but most of the time I don't. And so the goal here is that when you have this clarity of knowing what your potential is and knowing how you can express that potential into the world is that you build habits and rituals and containers in your environment, in your environment, with your staff, with your friends, with your relationships, with your colleagues that hold you accountable to that potential so that on the days that I don't feel like it or I'm sad or I'm upset that I don't have this space to believe those feelings to be true because I already know what habits or actions I must take to live in that potential. And so the first thing here in tapping into your potential is you have to know what your potential is. And truth be told, there's only one way to truly, truly know your potential at the greatest level. And that answer is spending more and more time with yourself, thinking time, meditation, retreats by yourself, silent retreats, breathwork retreats, like literally building it into your day and your life that you have time with just you and you. Whether you're looking in the mirror, whether you're writing, whether you're doing whatever, but your potential can only be found by you. And the only way to find it is to eliminate the noise from the outside world to actually quiet it down enough to be in a relationship with yourself. And so the first part here is spending deep amounts of time with yourself as you start to allow yourself to explore what that potential could be. Whether you want to be a world-renowned speaker or a blank or a blank or a blank. Either way, just because you get the thought doesn't mean that that's all of it. It's that now that you have the thought, you have to sit with it. What would it look like? What would it feel like? what would that person do in their day? How would they act? How would they think? How would they speak? How would they dress? Like You have to literally give yourself permission to dream, to explore it like it's real. And then in that exploration, you find what that potential is for you. And once you know that potential, you have an awareness and you need accountability. And so that's where your community, like I said earlier, those people that you surround yourself with, are the most powerful people for you because you tell them your vision. You tell them your potential. You tell them what you're committed to. You tell them how you want them to support. You tell them how they can catch you when you're off. You tell them all of those things and you make a declaration to the fucking world loud and proud of like, this is where I'm going, this is what I'm doing, and this is how I'm getting there. And then you get to work building it. Once you find it, your job is to start building the habits and rituals with atomic habits, or pick a book, Benjamin Hardy's Personality isn't or I mean, there's hundreds of them that allow you to now start taking the actions today that will build that person or realize that potential through your actions. But there's a caveat to this. I'll give you my example. My wife knows my potential. I tell her, she tells me. Um, but the challenge is, is that when I'm having an off day or I'm sick on my birthday and I'm, I'm a whiny, wimpy husband and I don't feel like doing something or I'm being negative, uh, the caveat here is that the people that we love are also going to hold us accountable to that potential. And my wife doesn't hear it. She's not here for it. And I love that about her. I am only as successful as I am because she holds me accountable to my potential instead of my story in the current moment. And so the only way to utilize more of it is to actually practice and give it away. Give it away, give it away, give it away, give it away, away, and give it away everywhere. Reason being is the more you've recognized this gift or this action or this behavior that embodies who you are at your greatest potential, and the faster you practice it, the more you start to tune your brain and your body, both consciously and subconsciously into that frequency. And it starts to change your default actions every day to operate from that place versus whatever other place it was operating from. But you have to realize that if it's only in your brain, if it's only a thought that you have when you're driving or when you're in the shower, and you never publicly declare it to the world, you never publicly declare it to the people close to you, it's never going to become a reality. And that was one of my biggest fears for so long. And I used to, I used to, used to really think that I was afraid of failure. And after three years of working on this with many plant medicines, many meditations, I came to the understanding that I was never afraid of failure. I was always afraid of success because success meant a brand new identity. My entire life, my identity was wrapped up in my story. What happened to me, the trauma, the wounds, what I accomplished, the world records, all of it. And I knew deep down in my core that when i had all the money i wanted i had the house i wanted the family i wanted everything i wanted without those stories i wouldn't know who i was and it would give me a clean slate to have to have this entire new identity of self-acceptance and self-love and that scared the ever-living shit out of me so much that i would sabotage it by not speaking it out into the world by literally advocating choices that i knew would hurt me and eliminate my potential And it wasn't until I really started publicly declaring to my friends, to my coaches, to my wife, like who I was and how I wanted to operate and really embody it, that I started to make the choices that allowed me to take those actions and really, really, really create those results. And I think there's a very big part of this too, where I've said this so many times and I just, I've yet to hear a better metaphor, but I don't even watch sports. I don't watch baseball. I know nothing about it. But if you ask somebody in the professional MLB or the major leagues, like, what wins baseball games? Is it home runs or base hits? They all say the same thing. It's base hits. Your potential is no different. It's you waking up every day and that day choosing to get in the batter's box and taking a swing. And there's days you're going to take one swing. There's days you're going to take 100 swings. The most important thing is that you take a swing. And if you never get into the batter's box that day and you're afraid to take a swing, that's okay too. But that means it can't continue. You have to be willing to get in it the next day and the next day and never allow those one that one relapse or that moment away from your potential to prevent you from ever stepping in into it again. And so whether you use Mike Tyson of like, you know you only lose when you don't get back up, like this is a game of playing. And in realizing your potential, most of that is going to be through resistance. The world is going to tell you, your family is going to tell you, previous relationships are going to tell you, friends are going to tell you, the the fucking internet will tell you that you're not going to make it, that you suck, that you're going to fail. Great. I don't give a fuck. I don't listen to those things because those things, if I do, will change how I show up, which will actually make that a self fulfilling prophecy. Instead, I hear them. Sometimes they hurt, sometimes they feel, sometimes they don't. But when they do affect me, I'm like, okay, cool. This doesn't feel good. What can I do? I'm like, oh. All I have to do is go take one action aligned with my potential and I'm going to negate or eradicate this wound in this story. I'm going to keep building that base hit. So truly is how do you utilize more of your potential is you use it and you publicly own it and declare it with confidence that this is who you are and this is what you want to do. And I'd rather you be confident as shit that you're going to build a hundred million dollar company in the next five years and operate like that and run like that and play like that And worst case scenario, you build a $7 million company or a $2 million company. Like I don't give a fuck about the number. I care that you have a goal that you're confident in, that you're aligned with, and the people around you support you, and that you have a path to follow that you're rapidly committed to, and you're going to stick to it until it becomes a reality. That's how I know it's the right way. And so that's how I would say, that's how I would say you utilize more of your potential, which brings us to the final question of today's podcast before I go home, get back in bed. And recover because I'm feeling a little nauseous right now. So I don't think I've kicked this 10 day stomach flu. How do you stop undermining your potential? How do you stop undermining your potential? And I've alluded to this in all previous answers. So, step number one is that you have to have habits and rituals and commitments that you are committed to, regardless of how you feel. I've talked about my wedge of expectations on this podcast numerous times. I teach it at our events. If you haven't been to our event, I teach it to my coaching clients. But the reason I have that wedge of expectations, and if you don't know what it is, uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram and I'll see if my team can find a video for you. Or uh, Oh wait, never mind. Just answer my own question. We do have a video, but it's in our backstage pass, which I think is like $321. So if you do want it, it's there with all the other content around this, how to implement it, how to build it. But it's called the wedge of expectations. And the reason I have that is because I know Nine out of 10 days when I wake up in the morning, my first thought isn't, oh, I'm so excited to go do a podcast today. My first thought is, oh, I want to stay home and play with my family. I want to go snowboarding. I want to do blank. And those are on the good days. So imagine the bad days when I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, business is breaking. I'm in the middle of another lawsuit. I just got a trademark infringement. I have this, that company I just fired, Uh, that client just lost this and boom, boom, boom. It almost feels impossible to even think, never mind act. And so I built a habit or a ritual around what my needle movers were in my life and in my business every day. And I made a commitment to myself that every day, regardless of how I felt, at bare minimum, I would do my needle movers in my business and my life, knowing that even on those bad days, even on those down days, even on those days where I feel like I can't get out of bed, I know exactly what actions to take. So I don't believe the story and I don't limit my potential. And I've eliminated my own self-sabotage by environmental design. My wife knows, my team knows, my kids know, my friends know, and even my business is by design to hold me accountable to my needle movers. So on those days that I don't feel like it, today being one of them, uh, like with coaching calls and things, and that end up being the best day ever, I'm so glad I did them, regardless of how I feel, um, that I can protect that progress and not hinder my progress by eliminating my potential or sabotaging it out. And so once you know what those needle movers are, that you can look at and be like, if at least if I do this every day, it's a win and I'm proud of myself. If I do this in my business, if I do this in my relationships, if I do this in my health, if I do this with my emails or my customers, whatever those needle movers are for you, um, and if you don't know what those are, read all of Mike McCallum's book, Clockworks, Fix This Next, The Pumpkin Plan, Profit First, like it's his IP, and Mike's a fucking genius, but. The needle movers, I think, come from him and he calls them his queen bee role. But you have to understand what those needle movers are. And then you have to take those needle movers and then create habits and rituals that hold you accountable to them regardless of how you feel. Because truth be told, no matter how much you pay me for coaching, no matter how much you do, I'm never going to be able to fly through the laptop or fly through the phone and come get you out of bed. I can't come make you shower. I can't make you put on that podcast. I can't make you read that email. Only you can. And so you have to design your world so that on those days that you're down, you know how to get out of it. And this is why we have the wedge of expectations and the SOS method, which is how to get unstuck. And when you combine those things together, you can acknowledge your feelings. Like I have plenty of down days, I have plenty of sad days. And this morning, before I talked to my team, would not have been a good time for me to do a podcast. But I knew in my wedge that one of my needle movers is my podcast. And so after that call, I had a ton of thoughts and reflection and I actually outlined this podcast. And then after outlining it, I felt incredible and then I got excited to record it. But if I just operated this morning, like I don't feel like it, I vented to my team, I wanna go home, blah, 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 I would have accomplished nothing. I would have not moved a needle and I probably would still be feeling like dog shit. Truth be told, my bucket's full, I feel really happy and excited even given the fact that I'm sick. Because I have environmental design and containers in my life and in my business that hold me accountable to my potential, and they don't believe my current situation or feelings in that moment. And so you have to set yourself up to win. And then the most important part of this one is like I just said a minute ago, none of us can fly to your house. I don't care who you pay for coaching. I don't care what. I mean, you could even pay me to come live with you, but I still can't pick up the phone, make your thumbs unlock your phone, and type the things that you have to type. And so there's a level of commitment that's required and discipline required when you have clarity on your potential, clarity on your vision, and clarity on your dreams, that regardless of how you feel, you're going to work on them anyways. Because if I said, I only want to work when it's sunny outside, I'd get no work done. And as a human being, if I said, I'm only going to work or build my vision when I feel like it, I would feel like it probably 30 days out of 365. We're human beings. We have emotions we modulate, we have ups and we have downs, and that's a beautiful part of our experience. But those are just feelings, and feelings are temporary. And so regardless of how I feel, I can still take intentional aligned action to build my vision. And on days that I don't feel good, that might be one thing. On days that I feel great, it might be 30. But if you take my base hits every day and add them up over time, I win. Because no matter what, every day, I'm moving one step closer to my goal. And that's how you stop from limiting your potential. So that's what we got for today's podcast. I hope you liked it. I am genuinely open and curious to hear if you like this format, if you want me to do more of this, if you like these Q and A's. This is truly, in my opinion, a community-driven podcast. I love it. We're over 300 and something episodes in, and it's one of the greatest gifts that I've ever had, and it's because I get to hear from all of you every day. I get to hear your takeaways. I get to hear your feedback. I get to read your questions, and I truly mean this when I say, if you have any feedback on this, uh, I would love to hear it. And here's a little caveat. If you ever want to know how to fill my bucket, uh, (laughs) my number one love language is uh, words of affirmation. And so even your feedback of like, hey, this was great. It helps me. It fills my bucket and it's a really easy way to pay me back. And you don't have to if you don't want to. But I genuinely mean it when I say I want to hear from you what you thought about this, if you like this, and if not, um, let me know. But either way, that's what we got for today's show. So I'm going to wrap up. I'm going to leave the studio. I'm going to head home, get some rest, hang out with the family. But I appreciate you immensely. I am so fucking excited. And I can feel it in my soul, my bones, and the blood pumping through every ounce of my body right now that 2023 is the year for everybody listening to this. My team, my customers, me, I am rabidly committed to you and everybody else in my entire ecosystem to have the best fucking year they've ever had with ease and grace and joy and fun. And I'm excited to take this journey with you. So I can't wait to hear from you. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome to my slice of crazy. You really know if you want to stick around for more. Um, I'd recommend you listen to another episode. And if this is helpful for anyone you know, please send it to them. Hit them with the link. Let them know it can help them. Maybe it can support them. But either way, know that me and my team are here to support. I love you all. Happy New Year. Have an absolutely incredible day. Remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. And I will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your ear But either way, we're out. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show.